Hey, it's Jed Hearn, host of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. If you're enjoying the writing advice on this show, you might like my new podcast, The Jed Hearn Show, where every week I share the best fantasy writing advice that I've learned from publishing three fantasy novels and a best-selling video game. There's over 12 episodes that you can listen to right away, including my top 10 fantasy books of all time, how to make fantasy names that don't suck, two rules that make writing effortless, and my complete summaries of Brandon Sanderson's and Neil Gaiman's writing classes, and much more. Check it out by searching for The Jed Hearn Show in your podcast app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello and welcome to Wizards, Warriors and Words, a fantasy writing advice podcast. I'm Jed Hearn, author of The Thunder Heist. And I'm joined by my co-host, starting with Mike. Hi, I'm Michael R. Fletcher, author of Thunder Heist and uh, things. I can't remember. Stuff. Rob? <laughs> um, I'm Rob Jahays, author of uh, Pawn's Gambit Ooh. and also Thunder Heist. Uh... <laughs> I am uh, Dirk Ashton, author of all their books and the Paternus Trilogy. Awesome. Um, yes. And today's episode is going to be all about story structure and how we approach it. But before we get into our episode, uh, you may have noticed if you're watching the video feed that we are all wearing some wonderful hats and one of us is wearing a not so wonderful hat, but that's up to you to decide which one that is. Um, <laughs> and the reason we are wearing these hats is because we recently launched a Patreon to help support the show. Uh, and we pretty quickly hit our first goal of $10 a month, um, which made us wear party hats for the episode um but we thought we would take a uh, slightly more fancy spin so these are not so much party hats but just generally interesting hats um and we also have shout outs to our first two patrons uh nick carlson and robert junker both at our master tactician tier so thank you very much nick and robert for supporting the show you guys rock we love you it's I think true Rob's just saying that because there's another robert there but yeah he's we Robs have to stick together. That's it. Yeah, but it's this Rob is Robin, Robin, Robin Hood Hayes. Robin Hood Hayes. <laughs> I'm changing. That's it. That's it. That's pretty now good. On. That's pretty Robin good. Hood That's a real missed opportunity there. Um, yeah, yeah. So if you would like to support the show on our Patreon, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash wizards warriors words. We also have the link to that in the description for this show. Uh, and you can check out all the tiers there. But basically, it's things like, advanced review copies of our books months or weeks before they come out. Um, some other cool things as well, ad-free versions of the podcast, which I'm still sorting out, but we'll get sorted out soon. And yeah, so if you want to check that out, go to uh, patreon.com forward slash 
wizards, warriors, and words. All right. So, uh, like I mentioned, this episode is going to all be all about story structure. So we each have our kind of own approaches to this. Uh, and I thought to begin with, we could maybe just go around quickly and give a brief overview of sort of how we think about story structure when we are coming to our books. And then we can dive into more detail after we've all given a quick overview. Uh, Dirk, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Um, when I was, all of my books have um, uh, three, act, three acts in them. Though I don't believe they particularly follow the three act structure. Um, I wasn't actually sure uh, if I wanted to do that when I when I wrote the first book, but uh, it it worked out to make sense. And I kind of liked the idea since I was playing with how screenplays are written anyway, and that's the most common. Uh, structure used in all the writing books on screenplays and a lot of books too, but um, it it worked out quite well. Uh, though when I my the way I structure the books is very often more of an afterthought than than planned at the beginning. I'm a heavy outliner. I mean, I'm a um, I'm not a pantser. Michael stole my pants. So I can't do that anymore. Um, all of my pants. He's probably wearing some of them right now. But uh, so I outline, I outline like crazy. But what I do is I put down more impressions of things that I want to do snippets of they always grow much bigger than they should be. I have a hell of a time writing a very simple outline. Um, because very often, uh, where I cut chapters, um, where I cut the acts, kind of evolves organically as I write that chapter. So it's it becomes it becomes obvious at some point where that chapter would break. And I remember fretting early on, really fretting about uh, how long should chapters be. And I ended up learning and hearing from folks and just basically writing them um as long as they needed to be some of my chapters are very long some of them are more like a sequence um which would be a group of different actions in different locations um even within one chapter because it feels like it needs to be um some books i see they use very short chapters and um and it works extremely well some of them it looks like they reached a point and thought, this is too long now, I just need to cut it. It's not really a very natural, um, it seems a little forced. Uh, so, so how many chapters I have, I don't think about how many chapters are going to be in the first act or second act or third act. Um, I don't, I don't worry about uh, how long they're going to be. Um, it just kind of happens when I go back and do the rewrites and think about it a little bit more. And then I, then I kind of shuffle some things around and, and, and put it together that way. So that's my basic haphazard, half-assed approach. Awesome. Uh, I have some more questions to follow up about that, but we'll get to the others first and then come back to your approach. Uh, Rob, do you want to go next? Yeah. 
so I, I also follow a sort of loose three-act structure, I guess, um, in that I just tend to try and write it so that I have three acts in my head. Whether or not they transcribe the page, well, I'm not entirely sure. Um, but I'm very much a, a pantser, but when I go into a book, I, I tend to have a few sort of set pieces in my mind where I'm like, this is going to be really cool. There's going to be a big battle here, or there's going to be some like you know, big reveal here or whatever. And I tend to try and structure each individual act leading up to one of these big set pieces. Um, it's almost like a, an episodic nature with each each book being three episodes. Um, and uh, that's, that's the general sort of structure I use. I certainly don't use any 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 tools um, like the, the hero's journey or whatever it is uh, to structure my books. Um, it's pretty much just, uh, okay, these are the set pieces I want. They're gonna occur. This one's gonna occur at the end of act one. This one's gonna occur at the end of act two and then big finale at the end of act three. Um, and that, that's honestly about, about it when I first start going into a book um, as far as planning of structure goes. <laughs> absolute pantser so honestly it's just like how it how it develops is far more important to how i plan it <laughs> cool uh and mike uh i hate the concept of structure uh, <laughs> i hate the idea of acts uh of thinking about them story beats all that bullshit um i have a story i'm gonna tell it and shit happens wherever it happens in the story Sometimes there's going to be like a huge thing, like chapter three, you know, it's that, and I'm talking like a book with 40 chapters typically for me. Um, yeah. I just, I hate the idea. I think uh, if you, you, the more structured you are, I'm sure it works for people and most books probably follow this. Maybe mind you by mistake, who fuck, who knows, but the more you're structuring, the more you're going to end up with the same old shit. It's like follow the same structure, end up with the same story. Eh. I'd, I'd rather um, blunder on in ignorance. And uh, if I, uh, you know, manage something slightly different, then I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Awesome. Does that, that makes sense or I don't know. I'm like, it does. It does. Yeah, uh, no, no, absolutely. And one thing that I, that I, that I find real interesting in that one of the early, one of the early big gurus in screenwriting was Sid Field. And as far as I'm concerned, other than a couple, everybody's just rewritten what he wrote and maybe put their own twist on it and use some terms in his in his book screenplay. And at that time, not a lot of not a lot of screenwriters were actually working on story beats, uh, work working on thinking about three act structure, story beats, um, rising action, and and you know general and other things. They wrote much more. Uh, we're writing much more like like what Mike is talking about. So, but what Field found is that he when he went back uh, and looked at a lot of the um, most successful films, most interesting films, is that he then found that the structure was organically in them. So it's um, uh, the 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 only reason I bring that up is that Mike, you probably just have naturally a sense of how stories go because i've read a few of your books and they do all follow a particular kind of 
uh, of structure, even, you know, Roger Zelazny, who writes insanely um, and will do anything he wants, um, they still have this kind, this kind of structure. They don't, your stories don't meander. They, they, um, each chapter, each scene adds to the last. Um, there's nothing, um, they, you know, I could easily break up any of the books that I've read of yours and follow these structure patterns. So, um, because even though you don't, think about it beforehand and in fact try to reject it you're a natural storyteller um and some people just can do that much better than others and just sit down and write and 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 go with that sort of thing so yeah it just depends on what works i guess for for each for each author yeah I, I and it works for you the more i think also me. where structure is really useful is when you're starting out and you maybe don't necessarily have an idea of how to create this certain kind of level of suspense or emotional engagement from your audience that you would like to be achieving. I think where structure is really useful is if you are a newer writer and you're not exactly sure how to sort of scaffold your story and where you should be sort of putting in key events and everything. Um, but like the more books that you write, you kind of slowly internalize that to the point where it doesn't necessarily need to be you're referring to this book on three act structure every time before you start a novel or something, um, mm -hmm. which is what I did when I was initially starting out is I would look at kind of the structures that were out there and then try to figure out how I could fit what I wanted to tell into this thing. Um, but the more that I write, like the less I find myself needing to sort of refer to these other things. But uh, mm -hmm. to kind of like briefly describe my approach, it is probably like on the exact far opposite side from Mike in that I do outline pretty extensively um, to more or less three-act structure. Uh, I've got up on my computer at the moment the outline for the Thunder Heist. Um, and basically for it, I have uh, about 22 or so different plot points um, that are divided into Act 1, Act 2, and Act 3 with a midpoint in the middle there as well. Uh, and basically each of those acts corresponds to respectively 25% of my book for Act 1, 50% for Act 2, and 25% for Act 3. Um, and I'm pretty sure if you read The Thunder Heist, you'll find that it does divide up quite evenly into um, those frames. I would like to think that it doesn't necessarily hamper the organic nature of the story or whatever, um, because in my experience, structure is a really useful tool for when you're mm -hmm. stuck at certain points in your story. So you might have an idea of, okay, I know how I want this thing to begin and I know how I want this to end. I'm not exactly sure what should happen in the middle part here. Or maybe you've got this middle part and there's just, you're not quite sure how to bridge that gap between this middle of the story and your climax, for instance. Um, and structure is really useful because you can kind of look at what other people have said about the different types of events or the different conflicts that should come into these points uh, in between and it will inspire you. It'll give you ideas that you probably might not have had before. Um, so yeah, that's sort of my two cents on structure. I think, yeah, like as I said before, the more I've written, the less I've needed to necessarily refer to specific um, structure guides or anything like that. But having said that for the Thunder Heist, because I wanted to specifically craft a high story, I did look at existing high stories out there, 
Um, I think I looked at the uh, Save the Cat by Blake Snyder. Um, they have some really interesting things that they call beat sheets on their website, which are basically they say that there's 10 different types of stories and these are all the different beats that you need to use for them. Uh, sometimes I think those go a little bit too far and are a bit reductive, but they can be a really useful starting point just to see how other people kind of conceive of the genre that you're writing. Um, so yeah, I think the, where was it? The, I had it up on my computer just a second ago. So basically on that Save the Cat website, if you Google uh, Save the Cat Golden Fleece Structure, it'll give you this really extensive outline, which is basically about high stories um, based on kind of one of the original high stories, which is the myth of Jason and the Argonauts stealing the Golden Fleece um, to try to bring it back to their land, which you can sort of map the structure from that onto something modern like Ocean's Eleven, for instance, and it kind of matches up quite nicely. Um, so I didn't follow everything in there, but it is a useful starting point and it is cool to see what other people uh, have said about the thing that mm -hmm. about the type of story that you're going to write. Um, so we're going to continue with this. What yes, you sort of like it, you said it's a tool and I think that's like mm -hmm. um, quite an important thing to take note. It is, it's, it's a useful tool. It doesn't have to be just for starters, yes. people who are starting out. It can be for people who are new or, or veterans of the genre, whoever wants to use it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, and, but, just because there is a tool there doesn't mean you have to use it. Someone like Absolutely. Michael, who uh, you know, was very formal there. Someone like Michael um, <laughs> doesn't use that For particular Mr. tool. <laughs> Mr. Fletcher doesn't use that particular tool because he doesn't feel like he needs to. Um, um, whereas, you know, someone like yourself who, um, who felt like, who feels like using that tool is a good way to... to to help I, I think especially it can help with pacing actually having a good structure of things knowing where things are going to go how to ramp up the tension um over the course of the story um but saying that i i've never used it to that sort of uh, level that you have certainly like with story beats and everything yeah one one thing that uh well a couple of things one thing is that Whenever I think that 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 this particular kind of structure would really work and this would really work, I read a book that doesn't do what the rules or the tools would say it should do, and it works great. And mm -hmm. I'm like, see? Um, the other thing is that I do also know that there are um, some, some uh, new writers will glom on to these writing books and especially something as detailed as, as Save the Cat, which I didn't find personally helpful at all. Mm -hmm. But I've been writing, um, I've been reading writing books uh, for 30 years. So I, it's, I don't see anything new in it. And in fact, there were some things in there that pissed me off. They actually wanted you to put in, they actually wanted me to put in, uh, these long um, periods of whining and pining, which is one thing that I absolutely despise in books. Um, yes, be sad that someone died or something happened or you can't reach your goal, but get the fuck over it and get on with the story. Um, I uh, That kind of stuff drives me crazy. Um, yeah. When it goes long, I actually stopped reading the Maze Runner series in the second book because that just went on and on for the first third of the book. And I finally just put it down and I won't, I'll never finish them. Um, 
and I call it whining and pining. And the, you know, it's okay to grieve, but whew. Um, the it's the so what I was going to say is that uh, I, a lot of uh, new writers because they really aren't sure and they're afraid. I mean, it's scary when you're first starting to write and you're going to try to write a novel. It's scary, so it's easy to get caught up in in just spending way too much time trying to get all these points and filling these things. But I don't know what's going to happen right here at this one of these 48 points that they say I need to have. Mm -hmm. So I can't start writing yet. Yet, Don't do that. Um, Get it to a point where at least you know where it's going, how it gets there. The, the, the small things of how it's going to get there will hopefully work themselves out as you go through. And I would say, yes, they will work themselves out as you go through. But but if I don't do that right or I don't come up with something, then all the rest of it and everything else that I wrote is might be no good. You know, you can't you can't let yourself um, get caught in that in that cycle Uh, at some point uh, with me, too. I have to go, Okay, enough with the outlining and the note taking. you got to get started writing. Just start writing. And every single time it's been okay. I've certainly found that like actually forcing myself to have a deadline where I have to stop outlining at this point and start writing counterintuitively has actually made me outline better because it forces Mm -hmm. you to plug those little holes before you start going. And Mm -hmm. it just makes you, yeah, like kind of unlock your creativity because you're sort of forced to come up with something on the point. Um, But yeah, Yeah, just quickly with that save the cat stuff, I haven't actually read the book. I've only read some of the articles on the website, but I do agree with your point that it is, maybe not the best place to start if you are just beginning to read writing advice books. I would say a better book if you are looking for a recommendation would be um, Structuring Your Novel by K.M. Wyland, which was the book that helped me the most with uh, you know outlining things and structuring things and has a more kind of, yeah, like less prescriptive approach in the sense that it's not saying on page 30, you need to have your characters crying for 10 minutes or whatever. Um, so that would probably be my recommendation. But uh, scripted grieving, yes. <laughs> Prescriptive grieving. What a great term for it. <laughs> um, yes. So before we get on with the episode, uh, just quickly, we have our featured book, which is the Thunder Heist, um, which I wrote is my that. ocean punk fantasy it's book. Fletcher Best things I ever wrote. <laughs> Thank you for the high praise, Dirk. Um, the Thunder Heist <laughs> is, as it says in the title, a heist. Uh, it is set in this world where humanity lives on these floating city ships made from thousands of boats all lashed together on this monster-infested seas. And one of these city ships is powered by a tower that draws energy from lightning. And our main character is setting out to try to steal the device that powers uh, this tower and draws energy from lightning to try to get revenge on this city ship that has wronged her. Um, so it's available right now. It came out a couple of months ago. And uh, yeah, you can find it on all the places. It also has internal illustrations. So if you're into that sort of thing, uh, there's like seven drawings and inside and they're not just maps. Uh, they are other things as well. I feel like that one was directed at uh, Fletcher there. They're not they just have, maps, don't worry. Not just maps. They have been. <laughs> as long as it didn't start with eight maps. <laughs> That's too many. Don't and start so you your book with eight fucking maps because I'm bored by the time the text starts. You're on a starts. deserted island and you need to burn stuff, but you don't want to burn the actual book because that will keep you entertained. <laughs> unless you're cold That's and you don't true. have in any which case get rid of chapter three yeah 
That's that's my prescription. Grieving chapter. Just get rid. Just burn it. It's fine. <laughs> you can grieve for it later. So bring it back to some outlining stuff. Um, how long do I know? I know, Mike. You said you don't really outline, so this question maybe doesn't apply to you as much. But for Robin, how just, long? You're basically you just saying like, "Hey, Mike, shut up now," because we're going to talk about outlining, and you have nothing to contribute. Is that what? That <laughs> <laughs> I just. Am I, I mean, was the, I wasn't going to actually say <laughs> that. I could make things up about outlining. <laughs> you do it all the time. I okay, do. shoot. All right, sorry, I interrupted your question and I wasn't really. <laughs> oh, good. Um, just curious for, for Robin Dirk, like how long do you guys spend on outlining and how how long do your outlines tend to be? Because I've found that my outlines almost always are about 10% as long as my final book in terms of word count, which is just a weird thing I've noticed. Okay, I, I have no like outlining in that sense. It's, it's all just in my head. And okay. um, yeah, for me, it's literally just like a few uh set pieces a few sort of like scenes where i want them to go and you know the idea of ramping up to things like that that that's that's about as much as i do i, I i'm more in the line of fletcher here i don't sit there with a an outline and, and story beats and all that lot i i wish i could write that way um uh but what what i found as i wrote through the first three or the three books of the paternus trilogy is that my um my initial outlines were were much shorter. What happens is I go in and I say, real big at the top, I even write to myself, go fast, keep these short. Say what the scene is about, briefly what's going to happen, and then keep moving. And of course, I end up writing some dialogue and some description and some set stuff. And, oh, but what if this happened? And they end up getting really long. Um, and... Uh, I found that I that I did less of that, though I did still have outlines. But then I would, when I wrote book three, after the initial outline, uh, which was very rough, a whole lot of stuff in some scenes and almost nothing in others. Um, some of those scenes got thrown out. It went slightly different ways. So three times I would sit down and re-outline. And usually I do that on a pad and pencil. I go, okay, I can see where I don't quite know what's going to happen or how I'm going to uh, justify this or explain that. Um, so I need to stop right now and do some re-outlining, at least get myself out to here in the book so I know what's going to happen. And then I go back and it's much, I'm much more comfortable writing. If I don't know what's going to happen, um, I get really nervous. Uh, now I've I'm trying a different approach with this new um, trilogy that I'm doing now outside of the Paternus thing. I want it to be light and fun and move fast, and that's how I want to approach the writing. I want to feel that way too while I'm writing. So what what I've done is just thrown out some ideas, and the nice thing is I have some people to bounce these ideas off of, and they come up with other good ideas. So I then sit down and I, I've been just writing and, um, and I just started, uh, February 1st, Monday. And my goal has been 1300 words a day, only five days a week. And to me, that's, I mean, 1300 words is a lot compared to how I normally write. And only five days a week is just crazy because I've always done seven days a week 
four to five to six hours of writing a day on top of the day job. It just got to the point where I had no life, uh, literally. Uh, other than going to those cons, that's all I did. And um, uh, so I, I this one, it, I'm shocked at how well it's working out. It's uh, I've, I've got uh, 1,500 words a day in two and a half hours a day. Uh, it's just insane how, how, how much more quickly I'm shocked when I look up and see that I'm reaching my word count for the day in that short of amount of a time. And then knowing that I, that I'm at the end of the week, I'm a thousand words ahead of my weekly goal. And, and I don't have to write today or tomorrow. Um, I can, if I want to, I might do a little outlining later today, but, um, but I don't have to. So, that's nice. I know that I'm going to have to stop and spend a day or two doing some more outlining as we go, but I'm going to, that's how I'm going to uh, approach this particular project. And I've been more happy and feel freer about writing and less stressed. Um, and I've told myself, don't panic. I always have this bullet points of things in big font at the top of uh, of any manuscript I'm using. And I actually started an outline and only a couple chapters through it. I said, I'll oh, screw it. This is already turning into draft zero. So now it's called outline slash draft zero. And I'm just writing in there instead of continuing with the outline. And I might have a couple sentences, what's going to happen next. But other than that, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm far more pantsing it on this one than, yes. than anything I ever have, and I'm enjoying the hell out Come of it. Come to so the far. dark side. I fear that it's. Kind of, I've never had to throw away a lot of stuff in the last two books that I wrote because I stop. I can see where it's going to happen, and I go through an outline. So I don't never have to go back and completely rewrite, <coughs> throw things out, and write, rewrite whole chapters and stuff like that. I'm afraid that might still that might happen with this book, but we'll see. So far, it's worked out great. I think. Fingers crossed. And I'm having a blast. Yeah, I'm excited to read that. That's interesting. I definitely have found that as well. Like putting a bit of constraints into the time that you let yourself write, like can counterintuitively make you more focused and write more in those times, and yeah, just generally get more things done. So that is also a different also topic. But I feel that it can stop you from um, burning out as well. Actually, that if you know. Yeah. I mean, I was reaching, I reached points in book three and in, in War of Gods um, where I really wondered if I ever wanted to write again. It was getting that because it was so long and it kept getting longer. And it was just, and I was under a tight, tight deadline and already had pushed off the release date twice. And I just, it was, yeah, it got, it got ugly. I let, I let it get ugly. And, um, and there were days, one day I just threw the manuscript down, the one that I had used to go through and mark because it was taking me so long to go through it and, and make those fixes and changes. And I'd look and I've still got this much. And I'm just like, my God, that's when I swore I would never, ever write a book, 235,000 words. <laughs> ever. Yeah, that's is that how long book three is? 235? Yeah. Damn, I've just finished yeah, that know, 188k I mean, book and I thought that was just ooh. like, oh God, just die. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one, you know, actually I would have, I mean, the first book's 125, the second one's about 135. So this one is a lot yeah. longer. You basically wrote two books. Yeah, it's yeah. a beast. 
Awesome. They are right. actually well, right, um, the longer you write, the more exhausting it is. Uh, I've now written two epic fantasies, and I just by the time I get to the end of it, I'm just utterly exhausted. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try to keep this one fun. So I have don't panic, have fun, um, write fast, um, and then again, don't fret, don't freak out, <laughs> just write. You know. And uh, that, so I see those at the top of the uh, of the document every day. Of the That's draft. a good reminder, actually. Like, your notes are so much more positive than mine. <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Panic. You're shit at this. Why are you doing this? Give up. Go home. I close not. Go home. Get that close the computer. Source, Mike. <sighs> <laughs> I think that just sums it up. Just like. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely important to yeah make sure you don't burn out while you're writing stuff. Um, maybe that could be a topic of a future episode. But anyway, I think that's a good point to wrap this one up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Once again, if you want to check out our Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash Wizards Warriors Words, and the link to that will be in the show notes. Um, if you're interested in seeing some of my outlines, uh, just let me know. Send me an email or a tweet. Probably an email is more likely to reach me. Um, and I might put up a blog post with some outlines that I've done for previous books there as well, if you want to check that out. Uh, and yeah, on that note, thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye everybody. Bye. Cheers for tuning in to Wizards, Warriors and Words. Did you know that I host another writing advice podcast called The Novel Analyst? Every episode, I analyze one of my favorite books to extract useful writing lessons. You might like to start with episode 46 where I analyze the brilliant dynamics behind Rob J. Hayes' eclectic crew in his grimdark fantasy book, Never Die. Or maybe you'd prefer my episodes on Mistborn, Harry Potter, or The Gutter Prayer. Either way, there's over 50 episodes for you to listen to right now. All you have to do is search for The Novel Analyst on your podcast player, or go to anchor.fm forward slash novel analyst to start listening now. Enjoy. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Wizards, Warriors, and Words. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.